time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? And welcome to today's edition of the Financial Physician for Wednesday, October 18, 2023. Later on in the program, we're going to talk politics. We're going to talk geopolitics. We're going to talk about the dangerous state of the world right now. More dangerous now than it has been since World War II um, with the Israeli war that seems to be escalating by the day. Uh, Biden took a trip over there. Uh, today, he's speaking with Netanyahu. The Arabs canceled meetings with him after the um, hospital bombing, which we'll talk about in detail uh, in the second half of the program. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about, not next week, actually Sunday, I'm going to talk about Social Security, when you should take it, how it works, how do you apply for it, what about spousal benefits, what about disability benefits. We're going to dive into that. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Medicare. Uh, We have 10,000 to 11,000 people per day who are turning 65 and joining Medicare. So we're going to show you what Medicare is, the different plans involved, how to buy supplemental insurance. We'll talk about drug insurance. We'll talk about Medicare Advantage insurance. Um, And you have to understand all these different options that you have when you sign up for Medicare. So what is Medicare? Well, Medicare is a federal program uh, that's specifically designed to provide health care to specific sets of people based on your age and your health. Now, keep in mind, there's Medicare and there's Medicaid. These are two separate programs. Medicare is government-provided health care for seniors, for people who are disabled, uh, for um, Uh, individuals with certain medical conditions. Medicaid coverage uh, is welfare. It's basically for low-income people. And it is possible, actually, to qualify for both at the same time. But just think of Medicaid as welfare for uh, low-income people and Medicare as something that you bought. You paid into it your entire working life, uh, and now that you're retired, it's time for the government to pay for at least part of your haircut, um, part of your health care. Now, Medicare and Social Security are not the same. They're totally different benefits. Medicare provides income. I mean, Medicare provides health benefits, and uh, and, uh, Social Security provides income. But they're tied together. They really are in a lot of different ways, which we'll see as we go on. So there's four ways you could qualify for Medicare benefits. Let's look at it. Once you reach your 65th birthday, you qualify for Medicare benefits. You must be a U.S. citizen or permanent legal resident who has lived in the U.S. for at least five years and contributed to the Medicare system for at least 40-plus quarters. This is real important. You have to work 10 years, and you have to contribute 
to the system. Otherwise, it's going to start costing you a lot of money out of your own pocket. And some people work extra few years just so they can get those 40 quarters in and that 10 years. Another way you can qualify before age 65 is if you're disabled and receiving Social Security disability insurance. Medicare will start 24 months after the disability starts. Uh, don't ask me why it doesn't start right away. Uh, I have a family member who's just went on uh, disability uh, for Social Security. He's got to wait two years before he's going to be in the Medicare system. Uh, and there's some other things I'm not going to get into, renal disease, Luke Gehrig's disease that can qualify you quickly. Uh, but let's look at how do you apply for it and when should you start looking into it? I say 90 days or even prior to 90 days I would start. And what I would start doing is understanding, doing some research on what the different parts of Medicare are and how they affect you and how are you going to make different decisions on what you want to do when you turn 65. Uh, Let's talk Part A. Part A is hospital coverage. It covers inpatient hospital stays, uh, skilled nursing facilities in some cases, hospice care, home health care. How much does it cost you? Well, it costs you nothing if you worked 40-plus quarters throughout your life, meaning you're not going to pay any premiums. There's no premiums for um, Medicare Part A. Now, say you only worked 30 to 39 quarters. You never made your 40 quarters. You have to pay $278 a month for Part A Medicare. Now, if you only work less than 30 quarters, you got to pay $506 for Medicare. Now, this doesn't count people who have a spouse that worked 40 quarters, all right? If you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad and your spouse went out to work and got his 40 quarters in, you're going to qualify for Medicare. But if you're a single person uh, and you didn't work that much in your life, if you want Medicare, you have to pay for it. Also, there is a deductible in Medicare Part A. It's $1,600 for 2023. I think it's going up $32 for 2024. We'll talk about some of the changes in uh, Medicare Part B premiums for 2024. All those numbers just came out this week, uh, and I'll update you on that. So you want to work. And see, when people go to work, they don't look at it this way that, well, geez, I have to work enough quarters so I can get Medicare. Well, you do have to do that. Also, you have to work enough quarters to get Social Security, which we'll talk about on Sunday. So uh, go to, uh, there's a good website that the government has, one of the few good websites they have, uh, socialsecurity.gov or ssa.gov. I think both of them will bring it to the same place. And that's uh, the Medicare and Social Security website. Now, if you go there, you can get all kinds of information on what you'll get at Social Security, depending on what age you retire. It also has a list of every year how much gross income, gross wages you made. Uh, And also there's a portal to apply uh, for Medicare. So it's it's a good website to go to just to get information in the beginning as you're planning for retirement. And you want to do this at least 90 days in advance. All right, what's Part B? Well, Part B is doctor services, inpatient and outpatient care, labs and x-rays, physical occupational therapy, chemotherapy. These are all covered by what's called Medicare Part B. Remember, Part A is hospitalization, and Part B is everything else pretty much. And you have to keep in mind, too, that the amount that you pay in premiums, and you do have to pay premiums for Part B. 
You don't have to pay premiums for Part A. But for Part A, uh, Part B, you do, and that changes year to year based on a, a formula that Congress put into effect that's too arcane for me to really talk about at this stage. So what's the deductible for um, Medicare Part B? $226 per year. You have to pay to pay the first $226 a year before anything is paid for uh, by Medicare. Also, one thing you have to keep in mind about Medicare Part B, it doesn't pay 100% of your medical expenses. It pays 80%. And we'll talk in, in a second about how do we make up that extra 20%. But right now, um, uh, the 2024 Medicare Part B premium is going up. Uh, it was 164 and change. It's going up to 174.70 in two, uh, 2024. So it is going to eat into um, a little bit of uh, your uh, Social Security increase, the COLA that we were talking about last week. The average increase is 50 bucks. Well, they're going to be taking $10 away in an increase in Part B premiums. All right, so that's the basics of Medicare. Part A, Part B. Now we have to look at private insurance. Why would we want private insurance? Because what happens if, well, this is the way it happens. I mean, Medicare is only going to pay 80% of your doctor's visits and your labs and all that kind of stuff and your therapy. Uh, Well, there's three different routes you can take. You could do nothing and just pay for the 20% out of your pocket. I think that'd be pretty silly because now you have unlimited risk. Or you can buy a supplemental insurance policy. And that's what most people do. Uh, it was also called Medigap insurance. They call it a number of things. I think the, the term that's used now is supplemental insurance. Where you go to a private insurance company and they will pay the 20% that Medicare won't pay. And that is, um, that is an important thing to do. Or you can get what's called Medicare Part C also known as a Medicare Advantage plan. Now, we're going to compare a Medicare Advantage plan to a supplemental plan. And we're going to go pretty deep into it because this is where the big decisions are made for people. How am I going to make up my risk? Let's talk about a supplemental plan first. The advantages of it is that uh, you don't need a referral. You don't have a network where you can only deal with certain doctors in a network. Well, you do. Uh, but a lot of times you could use people out of the network uh, and still have some of the costs covered. With a Medicare Advantage plan, you can't. You have to stay in network. If you go outside the network, you pay 100% of the costs. Uh, There's other disadvantages. The disadvantages and disadvantages for the supplemental insurance and the Medicare Advantage insurance. So you have to make sure you understand your situation and what's best for you. Another thing to keep in mind is that It's not necessary that you and your spouse have the same plan. And that's a mistake I see all the time in my practice. uh, As I look at people's insurance and they have the same insurance company. And why is that? Each of you have different doctors. You have different prescriptions. You have different needs. And we'll talk about how to employ a professional to to wade through this for you and figure out um, what's the best plan for you. So supplemental insurance, you're going to pay a premium for it. And the average premium in America, now it varies where you live, the insurance company, the average is about 150 a month. So you're going to be paying 174 70 
a month, which is going to come out of your Social Security for Medicare Part B, and then you're going to pay an average of 150 a month for your supplemental insurance. Again, the advantage to that is you can see any doctor, basically. Uh, almost everything is covered. Anywhere you go that takes Medicare, they'll take your supplemental insurance. They can't deny you the insurance uh, if you take it when you start taking Medicare. It's permanent. They can't kick you out. So supplemental uh, insurance, uh, I find to be, uh, it's probably the way I'm going to go when I'm 65. Uh, I think it just gives me the more flexibility that I don't have to get a referral. I don't have to get pre-authorized. That's another disadvantage to Medicare Advantage plans. It says Medicare Advantage. Here's a Medicare disadvantage uh, is you have to get a referral for any procedure that you have it, and it has to be pre-approved by the insurance company. And that's a real drawback because insurance companies, they like to disapprove everything and make you jump through hoops before they're willing to pay for it. Uh, What are the advantages of a Medicare Advantage plan? Well, 70% of Medicare Advantage plans have zero premium. Now, what are Medicare Advantage plans? They cover your hospitalization. They cover what Part B covers in Medicare. They replace Medicare. And what happens is you still pay your Part B premium, but what happens behind the scenes Medicare pays the insurance company roughly $1,000 a month to insure you. Now, of course, actuaries figure out, you know, the profit and loss to all this, and that's the number now. I'm sure that number could change. Uh, But the insurance company is paid a premium by Medicare to cover you. The advantage of uh, Medicare Advantage plans, Uh, little if any premium whereas you have to pay $150 a month on average for a supplemental plan. It also many times covers Part D drug plans, which we'll talk about in a second. So you have drug coverage. Some Medicare Advantage plans also cover vision. Uh, They cover audio, hearing, um, hearing aids, uh, and other things that maybe the supplemental won't pay for. And that's the thing about a supplemental plan. You also have to go buy uh, a Part D drug insurance plan. If you want vision or dental, you have to go buy that. A lot of these things are included in Medicare Advantage plans, but the drawback is what I said before. You got to stay in network. You got to get referrals to specialists. You have to get procedures pre-approved by the insurance company. And they don't have to renew you every year. They could let you go. But on a supplemental plan, they can't do that. So uh, what's right for you? I don't really know because everybody's different. Everybody has different needs. Um, And another thing about uh, Medicare Advantage plans, the disadvantage to it, uh, is you got a lot of co-pays. you got a lot of deductibles. So even though you may not be paying the premium up front every month, you're going to lay out a lot more money than you would with a supplemental plan. So I would suggest that if uh, you have health issues, uh, the need for um, different doctors, prescriptions, tests, uh, and therapies, uh, I would go with uh, the supplemental plan and I'd pay the premium and I'd buy a separate drug plan. If you're relatively healthy, you don't have a lot of doctors that you use right now, 
then maybe I would look at the, the zero premium um, Medicare Advantage plans. Now, nowadays we're being inundated because there's, there's a, a period of time when you could switch plans. Every year you could switch your plan between what they call open enrollment, and that's between October 15th and December 7th. Every year you could switch your plans in that window. And you see, everybody's trying to get your business now. Uh, if you're um, ever put on a TV during this time of the year, you know what I mean. I mean, there's all kinds of commercials uh, trying to sell you this. You know, what's your zip code? If you're looking at the video of um, the show right now, which I put up on my website uh, every week, a few days after the show's up, we we uh, videotaped the financial topic in the beginning. So if you haven't seen it, go to thefinancialphysician.com, uh, go to the blog and you'll see that there or just go to my rumble channel uh where you could see the thing but over my shoulder here you'll see uh joe namath joe namath is sitting there he's um hawking uh medicare advantage plans these days and you got to be very careful because they're trying to trick you with these commercials and they're working they work your your human nature and your emotions you know, first of all, we fear things, all right? So if they could scare us enough that we don't have the right coverage, we may want to look into it. And we also have a fear of missing out. And what they do is they're laying all these different benefits that you can get if you just give us a call. And uh, they're trying to switch you into their plan. And they're trying to sell you a Medicaid, Medicare Advantage plan. Now, why are they selling you a Medicaid Advantage plan? They make the most money off of those. And that's another thing to keep in mind. If someone's trying to sell you a Medicare Advantage plan or what they call Medicare Part C, just make sure you understand that there may be a conflict of interest there. That's why it's so important to employ a local agent that you trust, that's an independent agent that deals with all the insurance companies in your area, and let them do the work for you. And I'm going to give you a name if you're local in New Jersey. I'm going to give you somebody to call that's terrific. I use for my parents, I've used for my clients. Uh, what she does is she, she does all this work for you. She finds, she gets a list of all your drugs, she gets a list of all your doctors, and she scours all the plans available to you and tells you whether or not you should be in Medicare Advantage or you should be in a supplement. Which company should you be in? And uh, uh, if married, should your spouse be in a different plan? And it doesn't cost you anymore because they get paid by the insurance companies. You're paying the same amount anyway. Why not have somebody go back to work for you and do all the work down the line? So be careful that when you see these commercials on TV, because they're trying to get you to call a call center. So you're going to call a nationwide call center. It's very impersonal. Uh, these are temporary agents that, that, that are hired for um, the open enrollment period. It's not something you're going to be able to call later on when you have a problem with billing or something like that. That's why it's very important to have a trusted, local, independent health insurance agent working for you and determining each year. Now, you have to do this each year because things change. Your doctors change. Your health changes. Your prescriptions change. Premiums change. So it's important to do that. It's just important to have somebody work for you so you don't have to do all the work. Now, the next question is, do you take Medicare? Uh, you don't have to take it. Now, if you are on Social Security prior to 65, they're automatically going to enroll you in uh, Medicare Part A 
and Medicare Part B. You don't even have to do a thing. You don't have to make an application. Now, many people opt out of Part A, uh, Part B, because they have, they're still working. Their employer has great coverage, uh, and they, they decide that they want to delay taking that until they terminate employment, which is fine. You can do that. As long as you have insurance, you can delay. Now, if you don't have insurance and you turn 65 and you don't apply for Medicare, what's going to happen is you're going to be penalized. And a penalty could be quite substantial. It's 1% per month of the premium. So if you wait, you know, two years, say, you had no insurance during that time frame, that's how the penalty kicks in. If you have insurance with your employer, it doesn't count. There's no penalty. But if you don't have insurance and you don't join Medicare, and I don't see why you wouldn't, you have a significant penalty. And that penalty, again, is 1% a month. So if you wait two years and then you want to go into uh, Medicare at that point, you're going to pay 24% more in premiums for the rest of your life. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty bad. Uh, and some people wait three or four years and now they're paying 50% more. So you should start the process, um, 90 days prior. That's the window to apply for Medicare is 90 days prior to your 65th birthday. Uh, and that's what I would do. Uh, I would start the process then that way you have time to, uh, look at all your options Start the paperwork. Uh, you are dealing with a government agency here, after all. Uh, it's uh, it's important that uh, you start the process early and don't rush through it. One other thing I wanted to tell you about is that even though you're getting health insurance through COBRA, uh, you still will be penalized if you don't take Medicare at 65. That's not considered credible health insurance as far as what Medicare looks at. Uh, so just don't think that I'm on COBRA, so uh, I don't have to worry about a penalty if I don't sign up for uh, for Medicare. You will have a penalty. COBRA does not count. So that's one of the things we need to know. Um, so if you uh, are working, you're happy with your existing um, premiums, you're happy with your existing uh, health care. Now, keep in mind, sometimes Medicare is actually very good. It is a very good insurance policy, uh, and uh, it may be better than uh, the policy that you have now at your employer. So you want to compare the two. You know, am I going to pay less money if I go on Medicare uh, versus what I'm paying now? Uh, and taking into consideration your, your spouse as well. Um, and also keep in mind, your income could determine your premium. And not everybody pays the same premium for Medicare Part B. It's income index. And I'm going to give you the income levels. Um, if you're single and you make $103,000 or less, it's $174,70. That's the lowest Medicare premium anybody's going to have in 2024. If you're married, you can earn up to $206,000 and still have $174,70. But if you go over these numbers, um, if you're a single person and you earn between 103 and 129,000, or if you're married and you earn between 206 and 258,000, your premium jumps to 244 dollars and 60 cents. 
I mean, that's 60 something dollars higher per month than somebody with a lower income. And it gets worse as your income goes up. Uh, if you're single between 129 and 161,000, and if you're married between 258 and up to 322,000, it's 34940. If you're single, you make above 161,000 and up to 193,000. If you're married, 322 up to 386,000, it's $454.20 a month. Now, these figures even go up higher. You know, if you make over 500,000 single and 750,000 married, your premium's $594 a month. Now, what people don't realize is sometimes they will incur uh, a large capital gain, uh, or they'll uh, cash in uh, a retirement plan, uh, or they will cash out an annuity with a large taxable profit in it, and their income will spike for one year. And uh, all of a sudden, you get a notice from Medicare two years later that for a year, you're going to be paying these exorbitant premiums. And you didn't know that. Uh, you can appeal it. There's, there's ways of doing it, um, uh, but uh, it's no fun. It's no fun. So um, Medicare, great thing. Understand Part A, Part B. We talked about Part C, which is Medicare Advantage. Now let's talk Part D. Part D is drug coverage. Easy to remember, D is drugs. And the premiums vary, of course, but the average premium is not too bad. It, it, it's thirty-one fifty a month. But you have to keep in mind: there's deductibles, there's copays, there's coinsurance amounts, there's the donut hole, and people get very confused with Part D. And you only have to buy Part D if you have a supplemental plan and you don't have a Medicare Advantage plan, because you have the Medicare Advantage plan, then you don't need to buy Part D because it's wrapped up in the entire plan. All right, so let's look at uh, drug accounts, uh, the Part D insurance. Now, there's four phases of coverage, and I'm going to try to keep this as simple as I can because it can become very complicated. The first phase starts January 1st or the first month that you get into Medicare uh, and buy the the Part D plan. Uh, You pay... um, 100% until you reach $505. Then you will pay co-pays and co-insurance going forward, and the insurance company will start paying their part as well. Now, the thing that you have to keep in mind is what type of drugs you're taking. There's different tiers. Tier 1 is genetics, Tier two is uh, non-preferred genetics. Now, this is preferred by the insurance company. Number three is preferred brand name drugs. Number four is non-preferred brand name drugs. And number five is specialty drugs, like certain cancer drugs and experimental drugs and things like that. Now, as you go up the tiers, it's more expensive. And that will either affect your premium or affect your copay. And again, each plan is different, so you have to know how this works. Uh, Number three is when you hit the donut hole. Well, what's the donut hole? Well, the donut hole is when you um, have you 
between deductibles and copays and uh, the insurance company paying their end, you had $4,660 out of pocket between you and the insurance company. Now you're in the donut hole. Now you're responsible for 25% of drug costs uh, until you reach $7,400 out of pocket. Now this doesn't include what the insurance company paid. All right, you have to exclude that. It's only what you've paid out of pocket. Once you hit seventy four hundred, now you're out of the donut hole. Now you just you're in catastrophic coverage. They call it. You pay five percent or four dollars and fifteen cents, whichever is higher. Uh, so that's uh, that's the the part D. It's good to have, obviously. Now a lot of people say, should I get it if I don't have drugs? I don't have prescriptions. Uh, but, you know, life changes on a dime. Uh, you could need very expensive drugs very, very quickly. Uh, and you don't have a, a, a policy at that time. So healthcare coverage in retirement. Uh, obviously, as we get older, we have a, a higher need for health care. Um, also, dental, vision, auditory, uh, ear, uh, uh, ear, hearing aids and things like that. So it's important that you have the right coverage and you understand the coverage we have. Thankfully, in this country, we have Medicare. Uh, we pay for it our entire lives. Just like Social Security, though, Medicare is in trouble uh, and will have to be propped up in one way or another, uh, or benefits have to be changed in the next 10 years, or it's going to be insolvent as well. But right now, we have 67 million people that have the vast majority of their health care paid for by Medicare. And I think that's a great thing. But just make sure you understand the different options you have way, way prior to your retirement date or to when you turn 65. Right, let's take a quick break. My name is Luz Gatigna. Don't go away. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Argentus Advisors. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. Welcome back to uh, the Financial Physician Podcast, our midweek podcast loaded up Wednesday afternoon, October 18th. We do two podcasts a week. We do the main Sunday podcast, which runs about two hours or so. I have it up by 9 a.m., and we do a, a one-hour or so midweek 
podcast on Wednesdays. Again, uploaded at 4 o'clock. You want to get in touch with me? Very easy. Just send me an email, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And I appreciate you guys sharing the podcast with friends and family. Um, We've had a big spike in downloads of the podcast the last couple of weeks. And the only way that happens is by listeners uh, sharing it with people that are not regular listeners to the program. So given the craziness that we're living in now, now more than ever, uh, you want to turn people on to the financial physician where we talk money markets and politics. And let me tell you, things are unraveling uh, very, very quickly all over the world. Uh, right now, the hotspot's the Middle East, and it's going to be probably the trigger uh, to mass chaos in the world. And it's starting already. Uh, we uh, we saw this week uh, something that we still don't know what happened, but apparently a hospital, or allegedly a hospital in Gaza, was bombed uh, either by an Israeli rocket or missile or by uh, Islamic Palestinian Hamas terror cell uh, in Gaza itself. Now, of course, the Israelis are saying that, hey, we didn't target a hospital. We wouldn't do that. And I don't see any gain for Israel in bombing a hospital unless that's Hamas headquarters that are that are embedded in the hospital, which is what they do. But that's not what Israel is saying. It's not saying we had to bomb this hospital to get Hamas. They're saying we didn't do it. And they are showing videos of rockets being launched in Gaza and the explosion by the hospital and and so forth and so on. Now, of course, the media and uh, the world Islamic countries are all going nuts on this, blaming Israel. They blamed Israel the minute it happened without any evidence. Um, Biden, who uh, flew to uh, Israel and spoke with Netanyahu today and did a press conference. We'll do some of those clips. My God. Uh, We are rudderless. (laughs) The free world is rudderless right now without leadership. Uh, We'll play some of the clips of of Biden who doesn't even know where he is. is. This is the wrong time to have this happen in the world. But he met with Netanyahu and he said that he believes that it's from the other team. He couldn't remember to say either the Hamas or, or, or Islamic Jihad, whatever, the other team. Doesn't that kind of sanitize it a little bit? Uh, Joe, this is not a game of softball. Uh, what happened 10 days ago uh, was atrocities that we haven't seen since the Nazis. So it wasn't folks from the other team. But now there's questions coming out. Was the hospital bombed at all? Some are saying that the the rocket that was fired by the other team uh, broke up in the air and crashed in the parking lot, setting fire to a number of cars with little damage to the hotel. But meanwhile, the the Palestinians are saying that 500, 600, now they're saying 1,000 people were killed. First of all, it would take a major munition to kill that many people. I mean, truck bombs don't kill that many people. Uh, So I don't know where they're getting that number from. 
But of course, who benefits? You always got to think about, you know, who benefits from something happening? Well, certainly Israel is not benefiting by it. The Islamic world is going nuts right now and are calling for global jihad. Apparently, uh, some black flag is flying now over a mosque, a very important mosque in Iran, which is a call to uh, Islamists around the world for global jihad. Uh, so it wouldn't have been in Israel's best interest to get the entire Arab world pissed off against them. But who would it benefit? It would benefit Hamas, wouldn't it? Because now it takes the um, tension away from what they did to start all this and has the world now condemning Israel for bombing a hospital, children, women, you got to be very careful when stuff like this happens. Nothing is ever as it seems. And uh, many times, you think Hamas would, would hesitate for a second to kill their own people if it benefited their cause? Oh, they're just martyrs anyway. they got 72 virgins waiting for them. They should thank us for killing them. So again, I don't believe anything right now. I don't believe necessarily what the Israelis are saying. I don't believe necessarily what... Hamas is saying, uh, I'm not so sure that we have many casualties at all at this hospital. There's no way of knowing because reporters can't get in there. So we'll see what happens. So uh, as uh, Biden was leaving Washington to go over to the Middle East, uh, he uh, was um, informed that the Arabs he was supposed to meet all canceled on him. He was supposed to meet with the head of uh, the Palestinian, uh, the Palestinians, Abbas. He was supposed to meet with King um, Abdullah of Jordan uh, and uh, one or two other people, I think. And they canceled on him after the uh, alleged uh, hospital bombing, given that U.S. is Israel's biggest funder and supporter. So now um, Biden comes out, he goes to this press conference with Netanyahu, he looks like he's half asleep, uh, I don't think the red eye, he, he handled it too good, um, and he's reading very, very softly off of these index cards. He can't even talk off the cuff on something as important as this. Somebody has to write his cards for him and he reads it. That's not leadership. Who's writing these cards for him? Who's putting the words in the mouth of supposedly the president of the United States? It's just amazing. So he's reading his cards. Uh, looks like he's falling asleep a couple of times. And then he goes on to talk about Blinken and how he talked to him when they were both in the Senate together. First of all, Tony Blinken was never a senator. He was never a congressman. He was just a Democratic hack is all he really was. Uh, and also, he's the one who, if you remember, orchestrated the letter from 51 intelligence, high intelligence people saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. What happened to anybody there? That has been proven not to be. Again, they never, they never are accountable for what they do. But listen to what... Biden stammering, uh, then he lost his frame of thought, 
it had nothing to do with what they were talking about. And just listen. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I work in the Senate to write something for a man? said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we need uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. I mean, this is just embarrassing. What an embarrassment every day. Uh, I'm embarrassed for my country. I mean, why would they send him over there? The guy needs to be mothballed. Uh, bring him out when you have to. Uh, let competent spokespeople speak on his behalf. The guy is shot. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, warning other countries not to get involved. Oh, they're so afraid of Joe Biden and what he's going to do. But he won't mention Iran. Every time he talks about an expanding war, other people getting involved, he never mentions Iran. And they're the major sponsors and funders of Hamas. So what's the consequences if other countries get involved? Uh, And what's his warning? Well, he just says, don't, 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 don't. Remember the other day, he did the same thing. He just kept saying, don't, don't, don't. Or what? What are you going to do about it? What's your deterrence? My message to any state or any other hostile actor, thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. Don't, don't. Okay, if you say so, we won't. You don't want to. We, we we don't want to upset you. Now think about it. The rigged election, where it looked like Trump had it in the bag election night. Then they stopped counting, and then miraculously, hundreds of thousands of votes show up. Uh, uh, I think any fair-minded person understands what happened that night. Anyway, let's just assume. It was a stolen election. I think most people listening to this program right now probably believe that. Now, think of the consequences of that. How many people have lost their lives because of that rigged election? Think about it. Think about how things would be different if Trump was still president. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have had the Ukrainian war. How many people have died there on both sides? Ukrainian soldiers, Russian soldiers, civilians. That war would not have happened if Trump was president. And do you think that what's happening in Israel right now would happen with Trump as president? Nobody knows for sure, but I don't think so. The world knows that we have a weak, weak, senile, incompetent leader. Or they know that whoever's pulling his strings is sympathetic to their cause. And you know, who, you know who that is. And they're right. But I was thinking about that today. How many people have lost their lives uh, because of that election? Not to mention the border, people losing their lives there trying to come here, child traffickers, the fentanyl that's coming in here, now, because we have such a weak border that's killing our young people, 100,000 a year, boy, elections have consequences, don't they? We might not even know the ultimate consequence that this country is going to experience because of this. 
Now, I tell you, I'm getting more and more concerned that uh, we're going to see uh, sleeper cells in the United States activated. Uh, and we're going to start seeing some major terrorist attacks uh, in the United States. They're here already. They've been here. And since the border has been open for three years, you know they're here now. Hamas, Pakistanis, Iranians are coming in through the border. Tons of military-aged Chinese men. Why are they coming here? For a better life? No, they're not. And uh, my fear is that now, I don't think there's going to be like a... um, a 9-11 type attack. It doesn't have to be. Bridges blown up. Terror brought to malls and airports. People afraid to leave their homes because of terrorist attacks. And I'm talking about organized terrorist attacks, not just some lone wolf, although that, that spreads terror too. And I tell you, it's uh, it's treasonous. The border itself is treasonous. I mean, we know that there's so many people around the world that want to harm us. And meanwhile, they're just flowing in. And it has to be part of a plan. I mean, no sane person opens up their borders. There's no country in the world that's done that. Especially in the times that we're living in right now. And they don't care. It's just pretty unbelievable. You know, so we've blown, uh, not to mention if that war didn't happen in Ukraine, how much money we'd still have that we we blew over there. And now, as Republicans and, and Americans in general are starting to get Ukraine fatigue and realize that this is a black hole, that, you know, we're just sending money over there. and God knows how much of it is coming back and kickbacks to the people approving it, how much the big guys have got in some account somewhere, how much corruption in Ukraine's going on right now, how much Zelensky has in his bank account. So now, because of the Israeli conflict, now the Biden administration is uh, putting its finishing touches on foreign aid that would allocate $100 billion in U.S. taxpayer funds to Ukraine, Israel, and other quote-unquote top security priorities. Uh, there's supposed to be a little money in the border there so they could, so when Republicans uh, vote against it, they could say, well, the Republicans voted against the border. We were going to give them more money, a billion dollars. But meanwhile, 90 billion of it is going to Ukraine. And according to uh, people familiar with the details of this arrangement, uh, the bulk is going to go to Ukraine and 10 billion is going to go to the defense of Israel. So now... They're going to say, you're going to vote against aid to Israel? You're going to vote against money for the border? Well, why not split these bills up and have Ukraine, Israel, and the border as three separate bills as opposed to packaging them in an all or none gigantic? We're not talking $100 million here. We're talking $100 billion. And we're a country that's bankrupt. <laughs> it's just amazing how how. how how happy we are to give away money we don't have to foment war. It's just just quite quite amazing. And meanwhile, if you're a homeless veteran, you don't get squat from this government. So we'll see what happens with this bill. But they're not going to give up money to Ukraine, money to Ukraine. It's the most corrupt place on earth. It's real easy to, to launder that money. 
Boy, I tell you, our government is so corrupt. We talk about Ukraine being corrupt. The United States government, the Congress, they're all corrupt. How did they come in there and 20 years later, they're, they're multimillionaires, these people? You talk about Congress, you know, I'm taping a show. It's uh, 2.15 Wednesday afternoon, the second vote for Speaker of the House. Uh, 23 Republicans voted against Jim Jordan. There's some people that just hate him because he's conservative. You got to understand that these people love the way things work in Congress. They love the ability to control things, to control lobbyists, to get money. The higher up the elites that have been running Congress, they're all making money. They don't want a Jim Jordan as Congress, uh, as Speaker. He's too conservative for them. He likes Trump too much. And there's so many never-Trumpers, rhinos, in the conference. So right now, it doesn't look like Jim Jordan is going to get the votes. So now what? Meanwhile, all the stuff is happening in the world. We don't have a Speaker of the House. At the end of the day, it's probably going to be a rhino, maybe even McCarthy again. I don't know how long we can go without a Speaker. It's been over a week now. It's been almost two weeks and no speaker. Uh, but at the end of the day, you watch. It'll be a rhino. One of the club. Remember the old saying from uh, George Carlin? It's a big club, but you're not part of it. Or you're not in it. And he's right. They like things just the way they are. They don't want any firebrand coming in there and upsetting their um, their trough. And a guy like Jim Jordan is that kind of guy. A guy like President Trump is that kind of guy. Guys that want to drain the swamp, and they don't want the swamp drained. They like it very much with the other swamp creatures that are there. They don't want anybody to clean it up. They want business as usual. And that's why the United States government is broke. And that's why your kids and grandkids are going to live like third world peasants. Anyway, but uh, it's going to happen here. Terrorists, is gonna, you watch any day now, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in multiple cities. You have these um, demonstrations now in cities from, again, the left. It's always the left on the wrong side. And you got universities, which now are just a... Uh, I don't know what universities in America are now. Leftist America hating. Jewish hating. Institutions. Indoctrination. Uh, That's what it is. And this is the future of our country. These people in these universities. You see pictures of these people, videos of these people. Red hair. They're nuts. They're violent. They're insane. And that's the future of our country. Wonderful. I mentioned on uh, Sunday that uh, I think an oil embargo is coming to this country, just like the 1970s, and I remember it well. Arab countries embargoed the United States. Uh, Gasoline prices surged, but more importantly, there was a shortage, and gasoline was rationed. And those of us that are old enough to remember uh, you remember you had the odd and even license plate numbers? 
the odd would go on uh, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and, and the even would go Tuesdays. And even with that, there was lines a mile long to get gasoline. It's coming back. I really believe that. Especially now that uh, through this uh, alleged hospital um, bombing by Israel, uh, it's made the Islamic world uh, crazy. And I think that that some of these countries, if not all of them, are going to get together and say, well, look, you're helping Israel. You're our enemy. And we're going to stop shipping oil to you. Just when our strategic petroleum reserve has been drained by Biden and uh, our capacity to produce and explore has been destroyed here in the United States. Again, it seems like a plan, doesn't it? Because it is. Here's a headline that came out Wednesday morning. Oil surges after Iran calls for oil embargo against Israel. Oil prices spiked on Wednesday morning after Iran called for an oil embargo against Israel over its airstrikes in Gaza. Iranian foreign minister said there should be an immediate and complete embargo on the Zionist regime by Islamic countries, an oil embargo against the regime. So how long is it going to be till it'll be, um, let's embargo their number one ally and thunder, the United States. This is tumbling into um, a very bad situation. Economically for the U.S., I've, I've, heard, I've heard numbers. I've heard analysts saying we're going to see $150 to $200 oil if this doesn't end relatively quickly, which means $10 gasoline. You think inflation is bad now? Wait till you have $10 a gallon gasoline. Now, uh, we will see if, you know, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, you know, really would go that far and embargo the United States. Uh, I like to think that they're smarter than that, that they would be hurting themselves more than us. But who knows? I mean, you know, when they, uh, the causes, what they consider to be uh, of God, uh, that they won't care about economics. They'll try to destroy the great Satan. Remember, they, Iran always called the United States the great Satan. And uh, we have to worry about that. So we have to worry about things economic in the United States as a fallout from this. And then we have to worry about uh, our own safety here. I know people who are freaking out right now that are worried that they're going to be beheaded in their own house. That roving bands of jihadists that are already here in the United States will be laying carnage to Americans. And, and maybe they're right. I'm sure some of that stuff is going to happen. I mean, it's happened before, right? We've had crazy Arabs who've gone after Jewish people, other, other people in the United States. I mean, just look at the World Trade Center. Um, so it's going to happen. So you got to be vigilant. And, uh, of course the left in this country, uh, want us to, uh, disarm ourselves. Even Biden said the other day, right after this happened in Israel, who needs a hundred round cartridge 
I don't know if they make a hundred round cartridge, but jeez, uh, I, I bet a lot of these uh, Israelis that were killed, raped, and kidnapped would have liked to have had some AR-15s in their house. And uh, that's the only thing that'll save America is that many of us are armed. And we're not going to lie down easily to some kind of jihad here in the United States. But it's uh, dangerous times. And it's getting dang- more dangerous by the day. We have a lack of leadership in the United States. Uh, that's not going to change anytime soon. We got uh, Biden's political opponent in court all the time now with 91 indictments. I mean, it's just insane what's happening to our country. And as I said before, boy, elections make a lot of difference, don't they? Especially ones that are stolen. And many people have paid for it with their lives. And I think American, many Americans are going to be paying with their lives because of that election. And now they're going to do everything they can between now and Election Day 2024. We are going to be living in such upheaval. You have no idea, people. You have no idea. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you better be prepared for a possible loss of electricity for some time. Our electrical grid is at risk, very fragile. And you better be prepared um, for what's coming. You know, we can pretty much get through two or three days. We have a storm, power goes out, eh, we got some supplies, we're okay. Uh, We'll get through it. Are you prepared? for the lights to go out for a month or six months. Not too many people can say they are. And we'll talk, uh, we'll dive deep, more deep into that. Uh, what I think is a very big possibility um, on Sunday's show. Uh, I'm working on it now. But I'm telling you, the risk of something happening that none of us could ever expect in America uh, is extremely high right now. And at the same time, the economy's rolling over. We're dealing with inflation. People are struggling to get by. And the recession really hasn't even started yet. It is coming. I've never seen economists and Wall Street investment banks so, so unified in their thinking. Some are saying by the end of the year, we will be in recession. We will, we will know it. So everything's happening at the same time. Inflation, recession, we're going to see massive job losses. God knows what's going to happen to the financial markets. We're going to see oil prices like you never believed was possible, which is only going to f- feed the inflation that we're dealing with. Then they want to bring in digital currencies to control you. It's, it's one thing after the other. It's pretty depressing, by the way. You know, I try to try to look at the positive in this stuff. There isn't no positive. There's no positive. It's only negative. And uh, the next year, at least, is going to be uh, the most challenging for all of us. And it's all because of lack of leadership in the United States of America. Or the wrong leadership, I should say. Because there's no lack of leadership. I mean, Biden's not the leader. He's the figurehead. We all know who the leader is behind the scenes. 
And it's not lack of leadership. It's the wrong leadership. Leadership that's intent on destroying America from the inside. That's what we're dealing with right now. And so far, they're very successful. Very successful. All right. That's all I have for you today. Uh, We will have a lot more to talk about, obviously, on Sunday's two-hour program. Don't miss it. Share this podcast with uh, everybody you know. Uh, Let's build uh, this family that comes in to listen to truth, the truth that you're not going to get elsewhere, and a little bit of financial advice as well, because we cover money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life here on The Financial Physician. We do it twice a week, Wednesday. We do a one-hour podcast up by 4 o'clock, and then Sunday, the main podcast, at least two hours, goes up by 9 a.m. Sunday morning. Want to get in touch with me? My email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And if you want to come in for a no-obligation, complete financial review with me, don't hesitate to call my office, 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Be safe. I'll see you Sunday. And don't forget, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far. Be well.